week one of college football recap. Long weekend for everyone. Long weekend for the back porch as there was traveling going on to be able to experience week one of college football together. Uh, back porch, Scott, with you, like I said, going solo here. A quick show for you uh, on this fine, what is it, Tuesday morning. Uh, if you are listening to this right now, my God, thank God you do not have to watch the rest of that Clemson versus Duke game. That's uh, currently on right now as I'm recording, and it is a snooze fest. Uh, so hopefully I won't have to update you much on that game. Uh, Clemson minus 13 and a half. Looks like it's dead. The over might be dead. I think we have 13 points, and we're very, very close to halftime. So we're going to review everything of week one, the porch plays, the card that is 11-2 and two currently. Humble brag by me. think I might be the best gambler of all time in week one. Don't look at history, but look at this year's card only, 11-2. and two. Hopefully 13-2 at the end of the night, but we might need a miracle to be worked to be 13-2. and two. But I'll settle for 11-4 and four or 12-3, and three, but would love the 13-2 and two to finish. Um, so a quick recap of what's going to happen on this show. Uh, we will go over the big games of week one. Uh, we have the porch plays to review, which was awesome. Uh, a couple guys on Instagram. Uh, I'll get that graphic up here in a second. Uh, we'll do some stock up and stock down after week one. Don't want to overreact to anything but there are some stuff worth overreacting for. Um, and then we'll get into a little bit of a preview for week two uh, of the college football slate. Uh, luckily for us, the college football gods and schedule makers are easing us in. Uh, that was a long week one, starting on Thursday night, getting games Friday night, all day Saturday, a great game uh, on Sunday night football. They're the last time before NFL takes the Sunday night spotlight. And then our snooze fest to kind of recap the long weekend and let everyone go to bed early in Clemson uh, versus Duke that's going on right now. So I'm going to share my screen for everyone that's uh, watching on YouTube. Shout out to you. Uh, we're going to go over the porch plays this weekend. Uh, Hokey Alerts and SEC Capital on Instagram. Make sure you're also following us. Uh, Back Porch OC on Instagram. Look at the plays here. Hokey Alert 2-0. SEC Capital 2-0 as well. And then the Back Porch 9-4. Uh, our SEC Capital friends taking Alabama minus 38.5. That was a lock. Quarterback played very well over there for Bama. Uh, didn't think that that one was in doubt too much, but Alabama did get off to a little bit of a shaky start on points, but once they got rolling, it was easy. Uh, Auburn, UMass, man, Auburn looked really good. So shout out to Jake. Shout out to SEC Capital. I think they both had that one on their plays. And then uh, here we go with the Hokie alert. Virginia Tech minus 16. That is a great play. And then the over in their game as well. Like we loved uh, seeing overs hit, especially with the new rules of the clock, which was very hard. Uh, if you look at the spreads this week, they are reflecting the play clock, which is awesome. Might be able to see some more uh, backdoor covers of the over in the future, which is awesome. Then uh, here we go with back porch Nate. Shout out to him for all of these great graphics that he does. Uh, lock of the week, Tennessee minus 28 and a half. Uh, we both had that. Me and him had that. I had that on my card. 
Tulane minus six and a half was also a play. FSU plus two and a half. We'll get into the FSU game here in a little bit, but what a what a spread, two and a half, neutral site in Florida. Great cover by FSU. It was not really a sweat after halftime. TCU minus 20 and a half, the probably the most disappointing uh spread for TCU betters, TCU fans. Uh, over of the week, this was so much fun. Western Kentucky, USF. I think it finished at 66. It was 65 or 66. It was so close from hitting. So fun one for Nate. We will root for 70 plus every single week, and I will guarantee that. Uh, then Jake, uh, he did think that UMass was going to cover on on the spread 35 and a half. He didn't have bait in Auburn, but I think that he will take his team looking better. Um, and then the snooze fest of Thursday night over 45 and a half for Utah and Florida, Florida. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but Jesus. And then uh, humble brag here, five and oh, great by me. Lock of the week, FSU, LSU over 56 and a half. It did not look good there at the end, but then FSU just pounded it in and then LSU scored again. So it really wasn't a sweat, but it was a real sweat there for a second. Uh, Tennessee minus 28 and a half. Great, great call by us. Utah minus four and a half. Didn't even like worry about that one Thursday night. Uh, and then a fun one, Nebraska plus seven and a half. Poor Nebraska fans, man. They thought they were they had a win locked up. They were winning that game for 58 minutes and then blew it right at the end. And then this game was just bonkers. The Colorado TCU over 59 and a half. Geez, I think it was in like the third quarter with eight minutes left that that one hit. So Shout out to us. Shout out to the Hokie Alerts and the SEC Capital. You guys are great on Instagram. Uh, make sure that everyone that is listening, you are following them on Instagram right now. Go do it while you listen. If you're driving, please stop before you go follow them on Instagram because we promote safe driving here on the back porch. Uh, next one, let me, let me pull this up for a second um, and talk about the card. Uh, last year I did not have a great week one. Uh, I was going, I think I went 20 plays a week last year on the card, but this year I'm going 15. Um, I don't think I went conservative, but I will say that I had some great plays. I did take some underdogs. Um, so I'm going to pull that up right now. Shout out to the YouTubers. Uh, we are going back to the Instagram. Make sure you're you can see this on Instagram. It's on Facebook. It'll be on Twitter. Uh, it's it's everywhere on my card. Uh, so here we go. Utah minus four and a half. We already talked about that. Nebraska plus seven and a half. Those were the early week games. Tennessee, I got it at minus 28. Uh, so that was awesome. TCU, Colorado over. So that's four and oh. FSU, LSU over 56 and a half. TCU minus 20. The dirty dogs. I cannot believe TCU. Uh, just came out and laid an egg. They looked slow. Colorado looked fast. Shout out the Mac offense uh, transferring to Colorado. That was awesome. Nevada plus 38. Uh, didn't think that USC was going to be able to play defense. So that's why I had Nevada cover in over 65 and a half. They lost by 45. So that sucked. Uh, Bama's minus 39. That was easy. Uh, Penn State minus 20 and a half. Uh, got off to a little rough, rough start. A little special teams issue for the Nittany Lions up there, but they ended up covering. Uh, shout out. That was the backdoor cover with like eight seconds left. So uh, shout out to 
uh, the Penn State offense for pushing that last touchdown in. Uh, it was kind of a petty touchdown, but I am all for that here uh, if it benefits me. Uh, FSU plus two and a half. I loved it. I thought Jordan Travis was a dude, and I think he showed that he was a dude. Uh, Brian Kelly gave all the momentum to uh, FSU early in that game. The first two plays, he went down to the five-yard line, and then I think he got seven plays um, after the the personal foul at like the five-yard line when it was a, just a really bad call. And he just went for it again and got stuffed and stuffed and stuffed and then calls a timeout on fourth down, doesn't kick the field goal, and then gets his guy sacked at the 20-yard line. Jaden Daniels has got to gotta score the ball there. So uh, luckily, luckily that happened, and FSU just kind of ran with it. Uh, Clemson to minus 13 and a half right now. It is not looking good at all. Uh, it's seven to six. We're about a minute until halftime, and it looks like Duke's going uh, going to score here potentially. So that's probably not going to hit. Clemson, Duke over 55 and a half. think we're going to need a miracle there. Tulane minus six and a half. We already talked about that one. They cover easily. And then uh, Oklahoma State, Saint, uh, San Jose State over uh, 55 and a half. That hit as well. So uh, those were the 15 plays that I had for uh, – for the card so overall on the year um i would have to check the record but check tomorrow we will have well, right now while you're listening uh we will have that uh finished up for you um and maybe if you are in a state that you can uh legally place wagers not saying that we are legally placing them or illegally placing them um but we have plays for you we have plays that you can make money uh, you saw it on Instagram with the other guys, um, the Hokie Alerts, SEC Capital. Uh, there's plays there to make money on. Nine and four from the back porch, four and zero oh from the collabs. Uh, just absolutely incredible. Uh, you can make some real money if you are following us. We are not held responsible. Uh, we are amateurs. We don't get paid for this. Uh, hopefully, you are getting paid to listen for, uh, to our picks, but that is not the that's not the hill. Uh, deal here 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem uh, so after we talked about those plays I'm going to I'm going to transition here into some stock up uh, versus stock down because week one we're not going to overreact to things uh, but we are going to because we're football fans and we have emotions and emotions run high in week one um, so I'll start with some stock up uh, stock up coach prime Colorado uh, coach prime had those boys ready to play uh, they played hard. They played fast. Travis Hunter is a dude. Uh, hand up. I didn't like Travis Hunter. Uh, I saw that he announced that he was going to do a Monday morning football show with Bleacher Report. Uh, I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, he's going to play both ways. He's going to be on Bleacher Report. Like, what are you doing? Like, go to school, go play football, focus on what you got to do. No. Travis Hunter came out. He balled on both sides. I think he played like 120 plays. He was making plays on defense. He was catching balls on offense. Could have had a couple touchdowns on offense too. Um, that were balls that we just missed. Uh, but the the stock couldn't be higher for Coach Prime in Colorado. Uh, that's a huge miss by a lot of people. Uh, I'm not going to buy the Colorado hype just yet. But Colorado is must watch television uh, every Saturday from now on. Uh, they play 
uh, in our preview for week two, we'll talk about them, but they have Nebraska next week. Um, and that's a noon game and that is must watch television, must see TV coach prime and Colorado. Uh, stock down. This one is a little uh, towards home for me. Uh, stock down Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord looked bad. Uh, it was the first time uh, since for in like 30 years that Ohio State didn't score, uh, didn't beat Indiana by 30 or something like that. It was a crazy stat. First time in 30 years uh, that and it was horrible. Uh, Devin Brown was supposed to play. Ryan Day said after the game that uh, he didn't want to get into a situation where they were in a dogfight uh, in that game. Uh, and is absolutely embarrassing for a team that's ranked number three in the country. Uh, I think FSU should jump them. I think Devin Brown should be the starter. Uh, I don't care if it's Youngstown State, but if Kyle McCord plays quarterback the way that he did for the rest of the season, Ohio State will go eight and four if they are lucky. Uh, that is not hate. Uh, I love the Buckeyes more uh, more than I love a lot of things in life, but he's just not not fit to play quarterback right now. Uh, he's been there for a couple of years. I know he was behind C.J. Stroud. Uh, I know that there was a competition this spring and this summer, and they didn't name a starter until last week on Tuesday before the game. And that tells you everything you need to know about how this competition has gone at Ohio State. And they're going to march on their way to South Bend, and Notre Dame's going to go kick their ass if this is how they plan on playing. Uh, there's no excuses. The offense has shown under Ryan Day, that they can score a lot of points against a lot of different teams. doesn't matter if they are uh, in the Big Ten or if they are in the college football playoffs against Georgia. Uh, the quarterback has to play better than what Kyle McCord played like last week, and that's just that's just the peanut butter and jelly on the sandwich. It, it is clear-cut as day that Kyle McCord's stock has never been lower, and I don't know if he will get another opportunity if Devin Brown starts this weekend for Ohio State, and I know it's against Youngstown State, but if he comes out and is in a, in a rhythm on offense and he's connecting with Harrison Jr. and Kate Stover and Emeka Obuka, um, Kyle McCord might never see another game at Ohio State. And that's uh, unfortunately, that's just the way that the cookie's going to crumble and see in the transfer portal. Uh, that's all I really have to say. It's a frustrating topic as a Buckeye fan. Uh, but it's a real conversation that needs to be had for the Buckeye quarterback situation because you only got a couple more weeks until you're marching on into South Bend. And I tell you what, that Notre Dame team, they remember what you did to them last year. They had a chance to beat you. They could have easily beat you in Columbus. If you don't think that they're ready with Sam Hartman this year, uh, the Buckeyes got something else coming for them because they ain't going to – like Penn State is ready, Michigan's ready, Wisconsin's ready. Everyone's ready. They're coming for you. Uh, they don't want you to make it back to the college football playoffs, and they will do everything in their power to make sure that that doesn't happen. All right, uh, enough of the uh, Kyle McCord rant. Uh, stock up, Jordan Travis and FSU. What a game by Jordan Travis. I told everyone last week that he was a dude. Uh, I thought he was ready for, for the game. It helps that it was a neutral site uh, against LSU uh, in the state of Florida. Uh, Jordan Travis is, is incredible. And uh, they got a couple of those wide receivers for him uh, that were making plays for him. But Jordan Travis making plays with his legs, extending, uh, throwing really, really good balls. He made some really dumb decisions, um, like the screen pass interception in 
I don't know if that was the first quarter or the second quarter. Um, but that was a really, really dumb play. But he rebounded very well from those mistakes, and he didn't let it affect him the rest of the game. And he was very, very efficient. I think he was 23 of 30, 23 of 31, but he was very efficient that night. Uh, he really didn't leave any questions. Who was the best quarterback on the field uh, last night, Sunday night, against LSU? And for a, a team that has championship aspirations, for a team that beat Alabama last year, uh, Brian Kelly's got some soul-searching to do. Uh, I know that he is very upset with the way that they performed. They got shut out in the second half. An LSU team gets shut out in the second half. That hasn't happened in a in a hot minute, uh, especially between BK and uh, Coach O. It's been it's been a while since that has happened. I don't know when the last time it did happen, but I, it it couldn't have been recently if I remember their offenses correctly. So Brian Kelly, I mean, I know it's a big test week one, and I don't want to say that LSU season's over, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pitch a perfect game the rest of the year. Um, uh, it it shouldn't it should get easier than playing uh, a top team like that, but I don't think that it gets easier uh, for them. Speaking of uh, not getting easier for a team, stock down UF and Billy Napier uh, last year, uh, beating Utah early in the season. AR fifteen had the game of a lifetime. The game in the swamp was back and forth. Uh, UF kind of really had them right where they wanted them. Uh, there was no. There's no excuse for UF to play as poorly as they did. I think they were one for 14 on third down. They had a penalty where they had the same two two guys on the field on punt return wearing the same number. Uh, every time that they got in third and one, uh, there was a false start, um, illegal formation. They couldn't line up properly. And Billy Napier had a backup quarterback um, in Utah. Uh, just ready ready to feast on them. You had a guy that has had three years of starting experience in Graham Mertz uh, come into your program and play quarterback for you, and you had Utah on the ropes because of uh, their quarterback situation and not having Cam Rising playing. And to let up a 70-yard touchdown pass on the first play from scrimmage for Utah, it just set the tone for the, the rest of the game, and they just played so sloppy throughout the rest of that game that it – it didn't matter what they did. They couldn't do anything right. I tell you what, that's a long plane ride from Utah to Gainesville. I know that they stopped in Dallas because of the hurricane, but I don't think they were stopping in Dallas on the way home because they needed to get back to Gainesville as soon as possible and get on the practice field that next day because that stuff needs to get cleaned up if UF is going to have a chance at making a bowl this year. And yes, I'm talking bowl like, the, the UF schedule is very, very difficult the rest of the way, and six wins is going to be hard. That was a game that UF should have stole, and they had every right. They, you have every right to be mad about how UF played if you are a Gators fan because that was embarrassing for that program, and I know it's going to take some time to rebuild on what has happened at UF over the past couple of years, but to go out and lay that egg, uh, on Thursday night on ESPN, while the whole world is watching you, you are the kick, one of the kickoff games, probably the, the main kickoff game. Uh, you, if you weren't watching, it was because you had Spectrum and their issues came up. Uh, that's, a, that's a topic for a different episode here. But, um, but if you're a UF fan, you have every single right to be pissed off at the way that that team played 
because it was unacceptable. It was sloppy. It was disgusting. It was a disgrace to what UF football has been uh, in the past. And if you want to turn it around, you can't play like that and nationally embarrass yourself the way that that happened. Um, so that's going to wrap up stock up and stock down. Uh, moving on to a week two preview of the games. I just want to do a quick preview on a couple of these games. I know I want to keep these episodes to 30 minutes and talking for 30 minutes alone is pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Nate and Jake and Ryan and everyone that's watching is probably like, wow, how can he continue to just ramble by himself and have a conversation? But that's just what I do. Um, so please don't judge me. Um, no, actually do judge me. I would love a little bit of feedback to make sure that I'm doing that I'm doing a good job here. You know, this is just a little hobby right now, but, you know, maybe we can do it, uh, do it for, for real in the future. Um, I got that big game to finish up with. Well, let's start on the game that I touched on a little bit. Uh, let's talk Colorado, Nebraska. Uh, 12 o'clock Fox, uh, Boulder, Colorado. Man, the tickets for that game, the, the lowest ticket is $390 to get in. That tells you that Colorado is must-watch football. You have... Matt Rule coming in with a bad Nebraska team um, to Colorado. I, I I wasn't big on Colorado. I think I had their under four and a half wins this year, but uh, they could be looking at two and zero oh because I don't think um, I don't know what that defense will be ready to stop that offense that Colorado is running that Mac offense coming from Kent State for them. But they are must watch television and at, at noon. Uh, I might be an Ohio State fan, but I will be tuning in to Colorado uh, as well uh, to watch that game because they are they are fun, they are electric, and they are indeed must-watch television. Uh, a game later in the slate that uh, everyone should have their eyes on because you know he's the former Heisman winner. Uh, he uh, he is him, uh, Caleb, Caleb Williams. Uh, and USC playing Stanford, 1030 Fox. Um, it's just you want to see the Heisman campaign continue for uh, Caleb Williams. It's really going to come down. Can USC's defense uh, survive the big game um, when they get into the, the heart of their schedule? There's a lot of good quarterbacks out there in Pac-12. We've talked about it before, but uh, Caleb Williams trying to defend his Heisman uh, must watch television Pac-12 after dark. Luckily, it's on Fox, not the Pac-12 network, because no one gets the Pac-12 network. Um, another Pac-12 matchup that you love to see: uh, Pac-12 team, not a Pac-12 matchup. Uh, Seven o'clock on Fox. Right before that game, uh, you'll flip this one back with the with the game of the week: um, Oregon Texas Tech. Uh, I think Bo Nix is electric. I think that. Tech is a team to watch as well. I love I love what Oregon does on offense, and I, I, I really do like Bo Nix myself. Um, so that'll be a fun, fun game to watch. There's not too many ranked versus ranked games this week, but I think Oregon versus Texas Tech is a great matchup, and you'll want to tune into that. But uh, don't, don't go running away from the Alabama-Texas game for the Oregon game. Just keep it on. Maybe turn it on at halftime. See what see what Oregon's doing because they are a fun fun team to watch. Uh, but the number one game obviously is the nightcap. Uh, it's the game day game. It's Alabama. It's Texas. 
This was the game last year that Quinn Ewers got hurt. This is the game where Texas declared that they were back last year, and they should have they should have beat Bama. I know Bryce Young got hurt in that game, um, hurt his shoulder, and he wasn't really the 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 same um, for the year. But uh, Texas played a heck of a game. Uh, Texas can go make a statement here. They got to go into Tuscaloosa, which is obviously harder to do than letting Alabama come come down to you in Texas, but. Uh, you're on the road. This is the biggest test that Quinn Ewers has ever faced in his career. Um, and I think it, do, it it's a big game for his NFL draft stock. Uh, I think that he has to show that he can play big in these games. And I know he got hurt in last year's game, so I'm not discounting that he can't do it. But if you look at the the schedule that um, if you if you look at the schedule that Texas has. Uh, if they can somehow sneak this game in, uh, they got a couple games left versus ranked teams right now. Oklahoma, Kansas State, uh, TCU probably won't be ranked, but um, TCU is currently ranked in the first uh, opening poll of the year, which is another conversation that uh, we shouldn't rank teams before uh, before like week four um, because like TCU just got Molly Watt by Colorado and now. Colorado will probably be like ranked 15th uh, just because of one win, even though they were on the outside looking in. It's just crazy. Um, but the Texas schedule is very easy, I think, the rest of the way. Um, so if you can go in, go in the Big 12 and uh, you're 11 and 1 or 12 and 0, you're going to be looking right at the college football playoffs in, in the eye. And I think if they do win this game, that it is there, they control their own destiny to be the number one seed in the playoff um, by capping off a 13 and 0 season. If they win the, uh, if they win the big 12 title game. So a uh, big, big day for Quinn Ewers and Texas. Um, I do, will, I'm going to say it. If they win this game, Texas is back. That's a big statement, but if they can go into Tuscaloosa and beat Nick Saban, I will officially claim Texas as back and I'm going to wrap it up because that's a big statement to uh, to take in. So shout out to everyone that listened for this 30 minute episode. Um, this is awesome. Rambling for 30 minutes. I'm sure you're sick of me by now, but that's why I want to keep it at a respectable amount of time to listen. So thank you for continuing to follow. Thanks for the sub the subs on YouTube. The Instagram content is just out of the world. Like, shout out to Nate. He is so good on Instagram. So uh, thank you all for listening again. And we will see you for an NFL uh, an NFL show coming up this week. Plus, we have Back Porch Pick'ems later this week. Uh, we will be picking on ESPN. Make sure you enter the pool for uh, college football pick'ems. I know you might be a week behind, but hey, uh, come, come play with us. I think we got about 20-something people in the pool uh gonna be awesome let's see who can take home the prize i don't know what the prize will be maybe it'll be something fun maybe it'll be nothing uh maybe you can come on the show and tell us that we suck at picking college football games but enter into the espn uh link will be on instagram for that so make sure you are following on instagram uh twitter facebook uh seeing all the content being posted because it's only week one of college football and we got more and more coming uh, take care. Have a great day, everyone.